one of the most outstanding privileges uh, of, of the saints of God. One of the most outstanding privileges. It doesn't matter whether you're a newborn uh, or you're experienced in years of living for God. Uh, it doesn't matter. One of the greatest privileges we have is called prayer. How many of you believe that? Let me tell you about an answer prayer. Today there was a hurricane. You've been seeing the news, hearing the news. And uh, it was very, it was, it was the most powerful hurricane in the history of that part of Florida, from my understanding. And our good friends, Ray and Nancy uh, Guest, have moved right there. As a matter of fact, Nancy was working in the hospital today in Panama City when that storm came through. And uh, she called Brother Robert. Brother Robert called me. I'd already seen it on Facebook this, this morning. And she was, uh, it was mandatory that she work and she had to be there. And uh, when that storm came through, it blew the windows out of that hospital. They were grabbing patients and moving them to the hallways, water standing, from my understanding, uh, in the hospital. And uh, it, was a, it was a horrible thing, but everybody's safe. Ray didn't have one shingle blow off his house, not one window broke out of his house. I'm telling you, the Lord answers prayer. He answers prayer. So prayer is a very powerful tool, and since we are a praying people, uh, we, we, we must continue to believe that prayer works, and prayer is great communication with God. There's a lot of aspects of prayer. There's a lot of degrees of prayer. There's a lot of kind of prayer that we pray, prayers of petition, prayers of intercession, prayers of thanksgiving, prayers of praise. There's all kind of prayers that can be prayed. And, and there's books. There's a lot of books out on prayer. But there's not a book anywhere on prayer like this book. This book has prayer in it. There's prayers you can pray. Let me tell you from the very outset, one of my favorite prayers of all the scriptures is found in Psalms 51. It's David's prayer. When David, uh, the king, was, was repentant before God and he was praying. And uh, asking God to have mercy upon him because he had sinned so greatly. David committed adultery. David lied to the preacher. David uh, committed murder. He had he, he'd done a lot of stuff wrong. But David was went to the Lord and, and in prayer. And you can read that very powerful prayer in Psalms 51. The book is a book of buried prayers and many prayers. And it's probably the best book you'll ever pick up on prayer. And uh, even the house of the Lord, even this church, you know what the Lord said in His Word? This place is going to be called not a house of worship, not a house of singing, not a house of talent, not a house of socialism. It is going to be a, called a house of prayer. Aren't you glad for that tonight? So the thing that I want to talk about tonight is nothing new. It's something I've taught many times. It's something that we've talked about uh, in, in, this, in this church many times. But it's prayer. Prayer. Somebody say prayer. prayer. Prayer is a powerful tool in the hands of a Christian. And in the words, if we could sum it up, here's what prayer is. It's the needs and desires of a person being offered up to God 
in faith and thanksgiving with the petition being in harmony with the teaching of the Word of God concerning prayer. In other words, when we pray, if you ask God for something, it's got to line up with this. Amen? And, and so, so our prayers are things that come from our heart. My prayer is different probably from your prayer because your area of life may be different from where I am. And I may need something that you don't need. I may need for the Lord to forgive me of pride. I may need for the Lord to have mercy on me for something that I have done. You may come on this day with nothing wrong but worship. You may come just to to pray and to worship and to adore God. So there's many kinds of prayers, but it's the needs and the desires of the person praying, being extended unto God. And prayer is not a one-way street. It's not something that I do and God just listens. Now hear me. You pray and then you listen. Because God still speaks to us when we pray. Does anybody believe that? He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. When you're praying and you're in prayer, the Spirit will speak to you. So, so when we study carefully and we explore and investigate the Word of God, we discover what prayer really is. It's the greatest privilege, the greatest privilege we have afforded to us as a child of God. And the great privilege is that we can use the power that's in the name of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, when you begin to call on that name, the devil gets nervous. When you begin to call on that name, hell gets nervous. Amen. When you call on that name, it's the saving name of his church. It's the delivering name of his church. Amen. And so that name has power. Our most sincere request to God, listen to me, should not be, Lord, help me to be a better preacher. Lord, help me to be a better singer. Lord, help me to testify good. Lord, help me to have, have, be a good Sunday school teacher. That shouldn't be our, our most frequent and earnest prayer. Our earnest prayer should be, Lord, what the disciples said. Teach us to pray. Prayers work. Come on now. Now, let me, can I just get down to where we live for a few minutes here? If you say, I'm going to kneel down here and pray an hour, all the alarms are going to go off. You're going to think of everything you didn't do that you need to do. I'm telling you, the devil makes sure that you don't pray an hour if he can. Prayer is discipline. Prayer is coming against the evils of this world and against the the gates of hell, if you please. Prayer is work. Prayer is is, is something that, that is not an easy thing to do. Now, there are times when we, when we get desperate with God and prayer comes pretty easy. When we get desperate with God. I mean, when your kids are sick, it's not hard to pray. You understand? When the bank account's dry, it's not hard to pray. 
But when everything's on an even keel, when everything looks good, when everything feels good, how hard is it to pray? To just put yourself on your knees and say, God, I want to talk to you today. But that's what has to happen as a child of God. So here's, here's a question, and Brother Tommy, I'm going to load you up now. Be ready. And, uh, so, so here we go. Are we required to pray? Say that with me. Are we required to pray? How many of you believe we are required as children of God to pray? Here's what the Bible said. And I'll, I'll just, I'll mention these scriptures and Tommy's fast. He can type faster than I can talk. 1 Timothy 2 and 8. 1 Timothy 2 and 8. The Apostle Paul said to Timothy, I will therefore that men pray everywhere. In other words, he said, I'm, I'm, it's my desire for people to pray, to lift up holy hands without wrath and doubting. He said, I will therefore that men pray everywhere. Somebody shout everywhere. You've got to learn to pray everywhere. You can whisper a prayer when you're on the job. You can pray when you're driving down the road. Somebody said, oh, i got to wait till we get to the prayer room. No, you don't. You can pray in your bedroom. Pray in your kitchen. Pray everywhere you are and everywhere you go. Somebody ought to say amen. Here's another one. In Luke chapter 18, verse 1, Jesus said this. I want you to hear it. He spake a parable unto them. To this end, that men ought to pray and not to faint. Jesus said people ought to pray. When the, when the, when the word men is used, that don't, that don't uh, alleviate you women. That don't release you from prayer. That, that is a neuter, neutral gender word that, that, that is meant for everybody. Amen? Like every man must be born again. That don't mean just men. So let, let, me, let me make sure you understand that. Men ought to pray and not faint. Matthew 6, verses 5 through 13. It just simply, and I'm not going to read all of that, but it says we are told to pray and we're told how to pray. Amen? You pray in secret. You don't get out on the street corner. You don't pray just to entertain yourself and people. Read the Bible. When thou prayest, pray not as the hypocrites. They love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corner of the street that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. If you're just praying to be heard and praying to be seen, you got your reward. That's all you're getting. That's what the Bible said. Show that next verse, Tommy. Let me run through it right quick. I just want you to see this. Verse verse seven. Watch watch what it says. Amen. When you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they shall be heard for their much praying. In other words, we're not just praying words to be praying words and let them go over and over and over and over just to have something to say so people will hear us. They shall be. They think they're going to be heard for because they're much speaking. Hey. Just talk to God like you're talking to your neighbor. Talk to God like you're talking to your husband or your wife. Talk to God like you're talking to your best friend because He is. 
Amen? Read on. Watch this. I wasn't going to read them all, but I think I will. But not, but be, be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before you ever pray. God knows about it before you ever ask Him. You can say, Lord, heal me, and He already knows you need healing. Lord, I need a financial blessing, and He already knows that. Come on now, a little bit more. Let's read on. After this manner, pray ye. And then he goes into the Lord's Prayer. I could teach a whole Bible study tonight on the Lord's Prayer. He starts by our Father which is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And that simply is praise and worship. And then I'm going to do that another night. But the Bible teaches us in these verses we are told to pray and we are told how to pray. That is a valuable teaching of the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus personally gave about prayer. First Thessalonians 5.17. You know what the Bible said? Pray. Somebody said with me, pray without ceasing. That means pray without stopping. You know what I believe? I believe that we as Christians, now look, you, you, you don't call me tomorrow and say, I was going around on my job saying, Jesus, 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 my boss fired me. That's not what this is talking about. Okay? You've got to stay in the spirit of prayer. And here's what. If you are a prayerful person and you learn to pray, praying without ceasing, you will find yourself in a spirit of prayer over and over and over again. I literally have done this not meaning to, not on purpose. Been going through Walmart or standing in a grocery store or stand, and just say, thank you, Jesus. And somebody look at you like you're crazy. Amen? You've got to stay in a spirit of prayer. You've got to stay to the place that if your car's going off the side of the road, you can say, Jesus, and he's right there in the car with you. It's praying continually. It's praying without stopping. It's praying over and over and over, day in and day out. You can't come to church and pray on Sunday and be silent toward God the other six days and expect God to know who you are. Amen? Have you ever heard the story about the old boy that, that, that he went in to pray every day at the church at a certain time and he prayed? I mean, you could set your clock by him. He would walk into that church on that certain time and pray every day and say, Lord, this is Jim. I'm here today to talk to you. Oh, Jim got sick. Jim couldn't make it. Jim wound up in the hospital. Would you believe the story goes? Would you believe that at that exact time that old Jim would walk in every day, that he couldn't get there, that God showed up at the hospital and said, Jim, this is God. That's what prayer is all about. That's when you get in touch with Him. That's when you know you're communicating with Him. That's when you become best friends with Him. Woo, hallelujah. So, so, so you just keep praying, praying without ceasing. Put up James chapter 5, verse 13. We'll read about three verses there, Brother Tommy. James chapter 5. I want you to get this. Is there any among, is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing songs. Now watch this. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him. Anointing, watch here, 
anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. This is scripture. This is what James said we needed to do. This is what he said will happen. He said, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he had committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. That's the power of prayer. Are you sick? Oh, I could preach a lot of stuff here right now. I've been in this a long time. I got folks that expect me to read their mind. Well, you didn't show up to the hospital because you didn't call me. Amen? You didn't come see me. You didn't tell me. Now, I like folks that don't tell me. Sometimes. Last week, Brother Steve Sandifer, who long-time member, faithful, faithful man of God in this church, was going to have heart surgery. He was going to Shreveport. And I said, I'll be there. What time's the surgery? He said, oh, Pastor, Pastor, it's, it's at 5. i got to be there at 5 o'clock in the morning. I said, I'll be there at 5.30. Oh, that's too early. You can't do it. I said, that's just what I do. The Bible said, if you call me, I show up, I bring oil, I pray for you, the prayer of faith shall raise him up. And if there's any sick, he said, you go pray for him. So that's, that's what we do here. And we still believe that that works here. And we still believe that the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord is going to raise them up. If I don't show up at your surgery, it's because you didn't tell me. That's another lesson for another time. So here's what Romans said. Paul in Romans, he said this in 12 and 12. In 12 and 12. Watch this. Romans 12 and 12. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. We're talking about is prayer required? It is required. He said to the church, continuing instant in prayer. There's times that all you have to do is, and all you have time to do is just say, Jesus. Amen? Jesus. Has anybody ever done that? Anybody ever been, I mean, almost in a wreck or, 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 or have some emergency? And quickly, all you could say was, help me, Lord, or Jesus. And there he is. You remain and continue instant in prayer. Let me read another one. I'm just going to take a little time. First Peter 4 and 7. 1 Peter 4 and 7. Watch this. The Bible said, But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. He was talking to us. How many of you believe that the end of all things is at hand? We are near the end of everything. The coming of the Lord is nearer than it's ever been. Amen. Just because He hasn't come yet doesn't mean He isn't coming. He's coming again. I want you to hear me and hear me well. The Bible said, the closer we get, be sober and be in prayer. Watch for the coming of the Lord and be in prayer. Watch and pray. Everybody say, watch and pray. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. I'm going to read a couple more. The Bible said, praying always. With prayer, all prayer, and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Praying, how often? 
Everybody say always. Ladies and gentlemen, could I tell you this on a Wednesday night? If there ever was a day, we ought to pray. It ought to be now. We are living in the worst days of the history of mankind. There is no day that can match this day. This is the most evil of all times. Hear me and hear me out tonight. Please don't disregard what I'm telling you right now. Praying always with all prayer and supplication. You've got to keep seeking God. It's no time to let up. It's no time to shut up. Amen? It's time to put up. And prayer has got to be the source that we do it in. I, uh, I, I, there, there's a lot of great praying people in this church. I want to tell you something. There's some prayer warriors in this church. Some of you are new. Some of you haven't really uh, been here a long time. You may not understand some of the things I'm talking about. But, but there's people here that have, have prayed the prayer of faith and, and saw miracles happen. There, there's many things, and I could have testimony service here for the next few minutes, and, and you'd see what I'm telling you. There are others that have not had that experience of prayer, and you're not as deep into that. And so I want to help you tonight. This is to let you know. You don't have to look. Paul said we have become fools for Christ's sake, and I believe that you can become a fool for Christ's sake. I, I also believe that, that in order for us to save our world, Things have to be done decently, and things have to be done in order. And th- there, there's a way to reach people. But let me tell you the power of prayer. Here's what Jesus said. If you pray, Brother Tony, in secret, somebody tell me what God's going to do. He's going to reward you openly. When you pray, look, when you're in your bedroom at home, ain't nobody listening. When I shut my door to my office and, and I'm, I'm, I'm all by myself. When I'm, when I'm in my vehicle and tears are running down my cheeks and I'm, I'm praying in secret. I'm not, I'm not making a big show in church. Let me tell you why God blesses this church. Because there's a lot of folks praying in secret. Now I believe, in, I believe in, in corporate prayer. I believe in the prayer rooms. I didn't make it tonight, Brother Robert. I'm sorry I had a man... Not of the church. Show up in my office at 6 o'clock. But the facts are, I believe that corporate prayer is important. But I don't believe it's nearly as important as secret prayer. How many of you believe that? See, when you do secret prayer, you can, you can, really, you can really get to business with God. You can tell Him your heart. You can empty yourself before God. And just be humble and honest. And, and just come right to the point with the Lord. You don't have to make a big show out of anything. It's just secret prayer. Closet of prayer. When you pray in a closet of prayer. Then, you know, people come into this church. And I, I, want, I want to tell you something. I know, it's a, I, I know some of you that have maybe been around a long time. You wonder about some things sometimes. But I, I see people come here. That they don't miss a prayer meeting. They don't miss a prayer room. And, and, and they're the first to get the blessing. And the first to get the anointing of God. And some, some folks. Now I'm, I know none of you in this room would be this way. Some of you think you have God all figured out. And you got living right all figured out. And you don't have to pray. I don't care if it's the preacher. Or the preacher's wife. 
or, or my mother or my, or, or my brother or my sister or whoever. Ladies and gentlemen, nobody is exempt from prayer because if you don't pray, you get carnal and you get mean and you get spirits. Praying will keep you sweet. Praying will cause you not to be a criticizer. Prayer will, prayer will, will, will cause you to love and to worship and to love people. Why do you think the Bible said the Holy Ghost is shed abroad, or the uh, the, the, the Holy Ghost is shed abroad in our heart, or, or love is shed? I'm trying to get it right. Love, love is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. When you get the Holy Ghost, when you get to praying, you start loving people. You start speaking the right things. You start saying the right, and it don't come any other way except by prayer. When you see people that are constantly complaining and griping and murmuring, they ain't praying. Well, I had a few. Thank you, Joshua. He calls me Moses all the time. I said, I'm going to start calling you Joshua. (laughs) Hey, when you see folks that are backbiting and troublemakers and, and all they want to do is spread their venom and their poison, look, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Listen to me i got a secret to tell you. If you've got something bugging you, if you'll take it to God, you'll feel a little better when you get up off your knees. You'll feel better about it. You won't leave the prayer room mad. You'll leave the prayer room saying, God, it, it's all right. I love them. It's all right. The prayer that, that I'm talking about will make you be a forgiver. Amen? It'll make you love your enemy. Oh, hallelujah. So is it required to pray? You better believe it's required to pray. If you don't pray, the bad things are coming. If you do pray, the good things are coming. I'm going to read one more. Colossians chapter 2. Excuse me. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2. I want you to put it on on the screen, Brother Tommy. Colossians 4 and 2. Because it talks about continuing in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. So, is it required of me to pray? Yes. It's required. If you're going to live for God, you can't do it without praying. Now, Jesus, when he, when he was about to go to Calvary, you can go study this, in your, and, and I'm, I'm not going to chapter and verse. I just want to tell you a story. Here's what Jesus did. He, he and his disciples went to the Garden of Gethsemane, and he left them alone, and he went to pray. Right? When he came back, what were, they were what? They were asleep. Here's what he said. Could you not pray with me one hour? Could you not pray with me for one hour? That's what he said. Now, this is going to get pretty sticky right here. I can't tell you that you have to get down on your knees and pray one hour every day. I can't tell you that to be saved. But here's what I can tell you. That you have to pray every day. And, 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 and if you only have 15 minutes in the morning time, how about spending the other 15 minutes driving to your job praying? How about spend 15 minutes on the way home praying? My point is, 
we got to get our prayer in wherever we can and however we can. We've got to get our prayer in to be the people that God wants us to be. Amen? Continue in prayer. Don't stop praying. Pray without ceasing. Pray, 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 pray. Because it's important. Uh, Jude 20, Jude 20 says this. Praying in the Holy Ghost. How many of you know what praying in the Holy Ghost is? I want to tell you something. There's a difference in praying and praying in the Holy Ghost. Do you understand that? Praying in the Holy Ghost is when you get down to pray and you suddenly get in a spirit of prayer. And the power of the Spirit comes upon you. Does anybody recognize? You ever been there? People in this room, you ever been there? You Have you ever been when all of a sudden time flew by? All of a sudden you got lost with God. You, you didn't care about the clock. You didn't care about what was left undone. All you knew was that you and God were in tune. And when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you, you, you can easily see and understand what God is saying. And, and, and we're, we're obligated, we're obligated to keep praying. And the Bible said praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the spirit of prayer. Many times praying in the Holy Ghost is praying until the power of God overtakes you and you're, you're speaking in an unknown tongue. And the Bible said the, the Spirit, the Spirit is praying for us. Amen? Now, if you've never been there, you ought to pray till you get there. Because that is a powerful, powerful experience. So, I, you can see by these scriptures, we are scripturally obligated as the church to pray and to offer petition to God in prayer. By the way, if I don't get through tonight, I'll finish up next Wednesday night. There's a lot of stuff I need to talk about. Prayer, the most vital lifeline that we have. And I think you will agree with me. Let me tell you, when people pray the best is when we have to. Amen. And, and our Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ has set for us an example that nobody could match. He was a man of prayer. Jesus would separate himself from the multitudes and even from his disciples to pray. You can read it. It's in the scriptures. He prayed to God. He prayed in the Spirit. The Bible said he prayed in Gethsemane, uh, Gethsemane until his sweat came. As of great drops of blood. That's praying. That's agonizing in prayer. This doesn't uh, are, are, it, in any way indicate that there are two or three gods. This, this was the flesh praying to the Spirit. And Jesus the flesh was talking to the Spirit. And talking to God his Father. You always know that God is a Spirit. And so the flesh was talking. But it is a manifestation of God in flesh saying that to us that if I need to pray, you need to pray. 
If I need to go and get alone, you need to go and get How many of you believe the Lord is our prime example of prayer? He showed us how to do it. And when they said, teach us, he even gave an exemplary prayer that said, here's what you say and here's how you do it. So if Jesus had to pray, who am I to think I don't have to pray? Does that make sense? Everybody still with me? Say, oh, me. There's a few of you. Amen. Special prayer requests. You know, we have many. We took them tonight as special prayer requests. And, and, and these needs are, are shared with, with the church and shared with each other and, and that we may pray. For the most part, God opened the door for us to present our petition to Him as the needs arise in our life. That's, that's what it's all about. Yet, in our prayer life, God has asked us, watch this, in His Word to pray about certain things. How many of you know that God has some prayer requests? You know, we're always giving them to God. He's got some of ours for us. He made some requests in the Scripture. And I got to study them today. The Lord's prayer request. And, and I want you to see a few of them real quick because we're, we're always saying, Oh, God, touch my baby. Oh, God, heal my sister. Oh, God, take care of my finances. Oh, God, bless this. God, take care of that. Lord, would you help me here? And that's all good. That's good. That's nothing wrong with that. But God has some prayer requests. And He asks you and He asks me to pray about some things. Have you ever studied the Lord's Prayer request? I want to give you a few of them here tonight. Matthew 9.38. Matthew 9.38. You can read it on the screen. Pray ye therefore, the Lord said, the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. In other words, he said, would you pray that people would be soul winners? And people, the church, pray for more laborers for the harvest. Pray for more ministers. Pray for more people. Pray for people to come in that could help save our world. He said, pray therefore. He is requesting the church to pray for laborers for the harvest. That's God's prayer request. You want another one? Let me read it to you in Luke chapter 21 and verse 36. He said, watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. You need to pray. He said, I make a request that you watch and you pray always that you can be counted worthy. You pray that. God's prayer request is that you pray that you can be accounted worthy to stand before God. That's His prayer request. He's not asking too much of us. You want another one? Here's another one. James chapter 5 and verse 16. Pray for one another that ye may be healed. That's what he said. In other words, he said they'll confess your faults to one another and pray for one another. He said, I'm asking you, my prayer request is that you pray for one another. When you pray, pray for... He's asking me to pray for Robert Guest and me to pray for Jimmy Williams and Jimmy Williams to pray for Adam and for, for Daryl to pray for Adam and Adam to pray for Eric Pierce. You say, God didn't say that. He said, I am asking you to pray for one another. 
That's a prayer request that God gave. And he said that you may be healed. And I love this next part. I love this. I could spend the rest of my time right here for the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Effectual prayer and a fervent prayer. Not, you know, I, I, I don't want to be critical. I've been around here a long time. I've been around the church all my life, all my life. And uh, I was raised in this. I, I tell you more stories than you got time to hear tonight. But let me let me say this to you. There's some folks that just got it down pat. They just they walk around and looking around and they're just praying. Oh Jesus, Hallelujah, thank God. You ain't praying. Until you get to the effectual fervent prayer. And the effectual fervent prayer gets down to business. I'm not saying you can't walk and pray. Don't understand me. I walk and pray. I walk and pray today. But, but, but here's the deal. It can't be just a, a, a non-effective. You know what I'm saying? It can't be like. Oh, Lord, I ask you to take care of my kids today, Lord. You don't really know what you said when you got through. But the effectual fervent prayer. You know what that is? That's zeroing in on God. Said, oh, God. God, I need you to save my children. I need you, Lord, to do a work in their life. And you start naming their names. And, you start, and you're fervent. Does anybody understand what fervency is? To get out to business with God. To get sincere with God. To mean business when you pray. The effectual fervent prayer. Just thought I'd throw that in. Amen. Here's another prayer request. Matthew 26, 41. Watch and pray. 26 and 41, Tommy. Watch and pray. Why? That... Ye enter not in temptation. I want you to pray, the Lord said, I, I want you to pray that you won't enter into temptation. That's what the Lord said. That's a prayer request that God gave to us. He said, I want you to watch and pray that you would not enter into temptation because your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. I want you to say this with me right now. My flesh is weak. Now, you've got to admit that. Your flesh is weak. Your flesh will do stuff the Spirit don't like. Amen? My flesh will get out of hand if I don't keep it under submission by the prayer that we ought to pray every day. I, I hope I'm not bored. Yeah, I'm about to be through. But this is an important subject whether you believe it or not. Amen. 1 Timothy 2, chapter 1. And, and about three verses here, I just want you to see this. God's prayer request. His special request to us. What he says that we ought to pray for. First Timothy 2 and 1 here says, Paul said to Timothy, he said, I exhort therefore that first of all, supplication, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Watch what else he said. He said, for kings and for all that are in authority. He said, I am requesting that you pray for kings and for those that are in authority. Pray for your mayor. Pray for your congressman. 
Pray for the sheriff. Pray for people in authority. That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. One more verse. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God. God is asking us to pray this way. Pray for kings. Pray for those in authority. He made a prayer request that we pray for them. So is it right? You say, well, I don't agree with that senator. I don't agree with that president. I don't agree. It doesn't matter if you agree or not. Pray for them. Am I right? Look, I can go through this. Look, if this is not about Democrats or independents or Republicans, okay? This has nothing to do with that. You know why they got those curtains on voting booths? So you can go in there and nobody knows what you're doing. You can pull any lever you want to. You are an American. That's a wonderful privilege. So that this has nothing to do with who won or who lost. I ain't praying for them. I hate them. You can't say that. The Bible said, pray for those in authority. Pray for them. Does everybody here agree with Trump? Don't raise your hand. President Trump? No, you don't. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I do. Does everybody here agree with our governor? He's a Democrat. I'm a Republican. Do I always agree with him? No. But he needs our prayer. The nations of the world would be better if we quit complaining and just start praying. I'm just being honest. The, the, the prayer request God said was, was, would you just pray for people in authority and pray for people that have power. Pray for those folks in those high places. That's what he wants us to do. Here's one more. Let, 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 me, let me give this to you. Matthew 5, 44. This is one you got to hear. The Lord, let's read it together. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Everybody say, love your enemies. Say, bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And do what? Ouch. That don't rub me the right way. It's not something I really like to do. But when you get in to pray, and you start praying for people that despitefully use you and persecute you, notice there's two things there. There's a little conjunction there called and that links those two together. They use you despitefully and they persecute you. The Lord said, pray for them. Pray for them. Now, now the Bible one place says that when you do that, you heap coals of fire on their head. Now, you can't do it with that motive. You can't say, okay, sister, I'm going to pray for you so there will be coals of fire coming on you. You kind of like the disciples that wanted the Lord to destroy the city and burn it all up. Amen? But if you do it in the right spirit, look, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. It's hard to hate people that love you. It's hard to be, be ugly to people that pray for you. And if somebody hugs your neck and says, I'm praying for you, I love you, it's hard to hate them. That's why the Lord, the Lord understood, man. He made us. That's what he said. He said, just love those that are your enemies and bless those that curse you and do good for them that hate you. Just do, just do, be a Christian. And, and besides all that, when you get down to pray, 
Just pray for those that despitefully use you and persecute you. I've done that a few times. And I had to conquer old Danny before I could make it happen. Because my first, my first whim is to say, I'm not praying for them. Are you kidding me? Do you know what they've done? Do you know how mean they've been? Do you know what they said about me? Do you know? And it's been 10 years ago. And that's your problem. It's been 10 years ago. He's not doing that on his own. I told him to. Hey, pray for those that despite please you. Get into the business and say, God, Bless those people. Lord, help those people. Lord, let the blessings of God be on them. See, God has some prayer requests. He's got some things He wants you to pray about. So when you get out to pray, you can take the things. I got one more, one more. Here's 1 Corinthians 14, 13. Listen. Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that it may be interpreted. When you use the gifts of the Spirit, the Bible said pray that it may be interpreted. Now that's the prayer request of God. He don't want disorder in the church. He wants order in the church. Amen. So, so listen to me. Prayer. The most powerful tool we have. You ready? It's also the most neglected tool. The thing that will do us the most good is what we have laid aside many times. And I'm going to be honest with you tonight. I've got great talent. I love Toby. Loved all the music here Sunday. Music can't do what prayer can do. I love preaching. I love good preaching. I love preachers that come through and preach. I love to hear good preaching. I love all the things, the abilities and the talents and the things that we use around the church. Nothing wrong with the lights. Nothing wrong with the sound. Nothing wrong with all that. But now listen to me. If you don't sanction every bit of that with prayer, you've missed the whole deal. I can't come to this pulpit and preach effectively without prayer. I can't. Have I learned to preach? Probably. Just being honest, you you do this 47 years and see, you can learn what I've been doing 47 years. I can preach without ever opening a Bible. I can get up here and say something, but not have the anointing and not have the power of God. This church will turn into just another club, another church, a dead, dry church without prayer. We're going to keep these prayer rooms open. We're going to keep our closets of prayer working. We're going to keep praying. Thank you, Greg. Thank you. Thank you, Greg Jackson, for taking the initiative to have prayer. When I can't be here, you're here. You're praying. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for those of you. Thank you, Brother Robert. Thank you for leading us in prayer. You've done it for years, and what a prayer warrior you are. Thank you. If I had to pray, if I had to, if I had to have anybody pray for me, I'd probably call Robert Guest because he's a man of prayer. Just being honest. 
I ain't got to call some preacher way out here. I got people right here in this church know how to pray. He and I walked in Brother Clavin Ship's room a couple weeks ago. Brother Clavin left here on Sunday. Had a stroke before he could get home. In the hospital, I walked in. Just so happened Brother Robert walked in at the same time. Boy, did we have a prayer meeting. Clavin Ship's prayer, man of prayer. Him and Leah Ship never missed that prayer room. They come early. They pray. Man of prayer. When we started to lay hands on him, pray, the power of God came in that room. But Clavin started speaking in tongues. Is that right, Brother Robert? We stood there talked a few minutes, and without saying a word, Brother Robert just reached over and started praying again. I felt the Holy Ghost run all of them. And he called me to apologize. Can you imagine? Apologize. I don't hope I wasn't out of order. I said, out of order? No. You're in order. He said, I just felt the Holy Ghost say to me, pray again. And he grabbed Brother Clavin's hand. The power of God hit Brother Clavin's ship. You know what Clavin told me just a day or so ago? He said, I'm, I'm on the mend. A couple weeks, I'll be back. I'll be right there. I'm good. I'm, I'm okay. I believe God. Jerry, wave your hand back there. See that lady right there? I didn't tell her to. And I just learned about it. Jerry and Gray goes to this church and she loves God. She's got a prayer line. What day is it? Huh? Tuesday morning, 5 a.m. People from all over everywhere call her. And they get on the line and they pray. Somebody said, you know, <laughs> and, and, and people, people are so crazy. Well, you know, they're not, did you know they're doing that? Hey, I wish about 200 more would do that. How are you going to hurt anything by praying? How in the name of God you go? You can't stop people like that. Thank you. Thank you. Don't ever let prayer become extinct in this church. Don't ever let it become extinct in your life. Well, there have been times that I didn't pray as much as I, and I don't right now, okay? I'm being honest. None of us pray enough. But there have been times that I just got slack and got busy. Boy, I could feel myself, feel myself. And, you know, I don't tell everybody when I pray. I don't tell everybody all the times that I pray. My, my wife, I've, I've lived to the age that I'm a, I get to watch her go to work every day. Bye, honey. But a lot of times I just take that time, brother Eric, and I just walk through the, my house and sometimes just sit in my recliner. Just just let the blessings of the Lord flow through my house and through my spirit. And, and I just pray and talk to God. God, I need you and I need this. And you got to help me, Lord, and give me wisdom and give me grace and give me mercy. You know, just... Don't let it become extinct in your life. Are you weak and heavy laden? Darling, come help me. You can sing better than I can. We normally don't sing on Wednesdays, but we are tonight. An old, old voice. And I may, I may come back next Wednesday night and talk about this again because there's some other legacy. Help you up here, Mama. Don't fall. 
Are we weak and heavy laden? Are we cumbered with a load of care? Precious Savior, still our refuge. Would you just take it to the Lord in prayer? Do thy friends despise, forsake you? Take it to the Lord. She's going to help us in the small stand. that we have to get. And when you get it and you finally understand the power of it, you will never be the same. Never. 
when you understand the power of prayer. Let me tell you something. I can pray here, Grady Kite, and God can answer in California. I can pray here, Brother Robert, and God can answer in Panama City. I believe it's the fourth chapter of Hebrews where the Bible said, talking about angels, it said, are they not all ministering spirits that are sent forth to minister for them that are heirs to salvation? I have power to send out angels. What the Bible said. They're just ministering spirits, Antoinette. Thank you for being a prayer warrior. Honey, you haven't been around here long, but you ain't going nowhere. Let me tell you, I like you. Because you're a prayer warrior. How do I know that? Because her Facebook page ain't filled up with junk. It's filled up with prayer. She's in constant prayer. Amen. I don't care what nobody says about you. Don't quit worshiping. Don't quit praying. Don't quit doing what you're doing because prayer gets the job done. I love you. And I want to tell you that publicly. I love you. I thank you for praying. I like people that, look, when they come in here to worship, it's because they've been praying. When they come in here shouting the glory down, it's because they've been praying. I can preach another hour. I am next Wednesday night if you'll come back. The Lord, help me. I may just go right back here because we got to get it. We got to get it. We got to get it. GE Chance built this church on prayer. Built it on prayer. We got to continue it on prayer. We can't make it any other way. Nothing, listen and I'm closing, nothing will substitute for prayer. Nothing. I see you, Brother Darrell. Let's get an offering. Come, come, Come right quick. While I'm talking, you can yield. Nothing will substitute for prayer. Nothing. I don't care what it is. Talent can't take the place of prayer. Ability can't take the place of prayer. You can sing like a mockingbird, honey. Look at me. But if you don't go pray to the prayer room or you're not praying in your personal life, I don't care too who's about hearing you in this church. Amen? I don't care. I don't care if you're the best teacher ever walked in shoe leather. I don't care who you are or what you do. Everything this church does, from ushering to singing to playing to kids ministry to youth ministry, if you don't pray, I may preach this Sunday. I'll see y'all Sunday. I I ain't going to mess up nothing good. I'm going to preach again. I love you. Have a good day. I'll see you Sunday. We're going to have a time around here.